Genesis 45, verses 1 to 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Jesus said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Oh, sorry. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed they were at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother's Benjamin neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Well, second reading is Psalm 133, and it will be read responsibly. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard. On the beard of Aaron running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing life forevermore. Our third reading, we switch to the New Testament, Romans chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, and then 29 to 32. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? how he pleads with God against Israel, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. 
just as you were once disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may be merciful to all. And then on to Matthew chapter 15 verses 10 to 28. Then he called the crowd to him and said to to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, fault witness, false witness, slander. These are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And there a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he said not no answer to her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done that you for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his words to us. Let us have a quick word of prayer. O Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sights now and forever. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Genesis story within chapters 37 to 50, the story of Joseph in Egypt, which serves as an inspiration for the musical comedy Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. While it would be entertaining for you to watch me try to reenact that uh, performance for you here, I opted instead to give you a brief summary of the story for those who'd like a refresher. Joseph is one of Jacob's 12 sons. Parents don't often play favorites with their children as they're usually loved equally, but he had a favorite son, and it was Joseph. This was mainly because Joseph was born to him at an old age, so it seemed that Jacob was like a miracle child. 
So Jacob created a beautifully luxurious robe, and this is where the amazing Technicolor dream coat comes in. Jacob had 11 other sons, and he, they saw the way that he treated Joseph, and they naturally became jealous, just like any sibling rivalry would have. It gets even more complicated when Joseph starts telling his brothers that he's having dreams where he's seeing the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to him. 11 stars and 11 brothers. What a coincidence. His 11 brothers, however, become enraged and plot to kill Joseph out of pure jealousy. However, one brother eased the others and convinced him to fake his death. They sold Joseph into slavery to a caravan who took him to Egypt and then sold him again to the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Now, Joseph had the favor of the Lord and continued to have these very strange dreams. He had dreams of two prisoners where he correctly predicted that one would be freed and the other would be killed. The Pharaoh heard of this and called upon Joseph's ability to interpret troubling dreams. Pharaoh recognizes Joseph's God-given ability and makes him chief administrator of Egypt. Pretty big title. When a famine hits the region, Joseph's dream interpretation and quick thinking allows him to store enough food to last the famine period. Others, like his 11 brothers, do not foresee the famine, and so they're forced to come into Egypt to buy the food that they need. And Joseph encounters his brothers once again, but this time he conceals his identity. He tests his brothers by accusing them of being spies, and he orders them to return with a specific brother, Benjamin. He further tests them by placing a silver cup in Benjamin's sack and accusing him of theft. And when another one of his brothers, Judah, offers to take the place of Benjamin, Joseph sees that the character of these once jealous brothers, the brothers who left him for dead and sold him into slavery, had changed. And Joseph decided to reveal himself to them. And we pick up towards the end of the story in our scripture reading for today. Genesis 45 verses 1 to 15 looks at Joseph's big reveal to his brothers. This is one of the more refreshing pieces of scripture because it gives us an actual look into the emotional development of the people involved. Many times when you're reading the Gospels, we don't get to see exactly how Jesus feels or how he expresses himself when the disciples don't understand his parables or when people challenge him. Usually in the Bible it says, Jesus says X, Y, Z. It doesn't say Jesus angrily yells at the disciples saying blank, or Jesus wept and said blank. Very rare when that actually does happen. But in this instance, we actually get to look at the emotional state of Joseph. Joseph could no longer control himself and orders all of his attendants, and he cried out, everyone leave my presence. We can imagine how overwhelmed someone can be to lose all self-control, especially in a stressful situation. In verse 2, it describes him as weeping so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Imagine if I was standing here shouting at the very top of my lungs so loudly that the people outside of those very thick stone walls could hear me. This is how loud we're talking. 
And there's so much emotion that we can see here. And when we see that Joseph reveals himself, his brothers are terrified at his presence. Here is the man they left for dead, enraged by jealousy and freed from their younger brother, who to them bragged about his God-given abilities and had favoritism towards his father. Now the roles are exactly reversed. Joseph is now in the position of power, and the eleven brothers, the eleven stars, came to him and cowered in fear. Joseph's brothers knew that he could have them all sold into slavery or imprisoned or killed. They knew that Joseph had the favor of Pharaoh, and with a snap of a finger, they could all lose their lives. He, they knew that he single-handedly prevented a disaster, which would have had enormous repercussions across the entire known world. And Joseph had every right to be angry, had every right to desire revenge, betrayed by his own brothers, tossed aside and left for dead. But instead of exacting revenge, Joseph said this, Do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all that you have. I will provide you for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. And we see towards the end of the passage that Joseph threw his arms around Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced Joseph in return and also wept. Joseph kissed all of his brothers and wept over all of them. And then Joseph talked with his brothers, catching up with the lost years. When it was once lost and forgotten over many years, has now come back and been restored. The familiar relationship between twelve brothers is healed, and Joseph has room for all of them. Not just his brothers, but his nieces and his nephews, the flocks and the herds. Joseph could have simply forgiven them and sent them back on their way. But Joseph forgave the forgiven. He took the extra step and provided a place for those who once betrayed him. And just like Joseph, we see countless examples of Jesus showing kindness and forgiveness towards those who've harmed him. His very disciples that abandoned him during his arrest were forgiven. 
the very people that nailed him to a cross forgiven. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Through Jesus, we are forgiven. All of us. But that is not the end of it. The Lord's Prayer, the one that we pray every single Sunday, says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. Not God's debtors, ours. We must not allow the Lord's Prayer to become empty words. We ourselves call to God in this prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us. But it is we who are praying it. We are the ones to give it meaning, to give it life. And of course, it isn't easy to forgive other people, especially when that debt is so massive and overwhelming. Sometimes it just takes a long time, days, weeks, months, years, even decades, to forgive someone. Just as Joseph took years to have the opportunity to forgive his brothers, he could have gone to them or have them brought to him any time while he was administrator of Egypt. He could have attempted to flee from his situation and sought out his brothers to forgive them, but he didn't. It took him years to forgive his brothers. Just like for some of us, it will take years to forgive those who have wronged us. We must recognize that we as human beings have those limitations. We have Jesus as our inspiration and guide, but we cannot always follow that path so exactly. What are we called to do? We must do as the Lord has taught us. Forgive our debtors. Pray that God not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray not in the hope that God doesn't lead us into evil, but that we ourselves do not turn to evil. We pray that God stands firm as the foundation of goodness, of forgiveness. And we call upon the Lord to deliver us from evil. And when we cannot find it within ourselves to forgive our neighbor for whatever reason, let us spend time with God to seek that strength that is needed, to find the strength that is not within us. Even if we work towards forgiveness over days or weeks or months or years, whatever it takes, we must forgive one another. We must be there for one another, especially now when there is so much instability, so much change and so much anger in the world, we must stand true to ourselves and forgive. Forgive those who need forgiveness, but also forgive those who have been forgiven. Those who have been forgiven by God or by other people. For we are the ones called to forgive, just as Jesus has forgiven us. Thanks be to God. Amen.